about the best of life in Harrogate. This is the Your Harrogate Podcast. Hello, welcome to another Your Harrogate Podcast. It's Nick Hancock here from The Breakfast Show and something completely different. I can't think of a conversation that we've had like this before on the podcast. Introducing Colin Philpot from Bishop Moncton, who has written a book which is, oh, I mean, it's got everything. If you're into government and politics and moral maze and family and decisions, then you will be very interested in Colin's book, which we're going to hear all about. So we're delighted to be joined by Colin Philpott, and we're going to hear all about this. Well, actually, this this scary crime book, Death Day, we're going to hear all about it in a second. But Colin, I think it would just be really nice to just hear a bit about you first. You live in Bishop Moncton, and you are, you're no stranger to local radio, it's fair to say, isn't it? No, and I'm a great uh, fan of local radio, and... Um yeah, so my, my background, my sort of professional background was I worked for the BBC for quite a long time, about 25 years, um, uh, mainly in local and regional broadcasting, uh, including you know local radio and regional TV. And then I was um, director of what's now called the National Science and Media Museum in Bradford. Uh, so that's my sort of professional background, journalism, broadcasting and running a museum. But over the last... Oh, 10 years, I suppose, as I sort of gradually withdrew from full-time work, I've taken up writing and I've written three books about different aspects of 20th century history, so non-fiction books um, over the last few years. But uh, this is my first uh, venture into uh, writing fiction. Yeah, and, and even the title, even the title gets me going. So I just, the thing I, the thing I like about the conversation we're going to have is that you just don't think of Bishop Monkton being, a, being you know, the, the place where a, a crime, a thriller is, is born. You, you just don't think of Bishop Monkton as an inspiration for, uh, for uh, being a, a, a hotbed of crime. But you're, you're based in Bishop Monkton. But tell us, tell us a bit about Death Day. Tell us, without obviously spoiling it, because we want everyone to go and buy the book, but just just. Tell us a bit about uh, about what goes on in the book and, and what people can expect. I mean, it's um, I, I think it's what publishers describe as speculative fiction, which basically means it's something about the future, uh, and it's set in 2045, so you know a little bit more than 20 years from now. And the scenario is that a law had been passed by that point, which required everybody to be compulsorily euthanized at the age of 90. Um, I should stress right at the outset, I am not advocating that. Um, this is a, you know, a device for the purposes of writing a story. But I mean, what I am hoping the book may do is cause people to perhaps think a bit more about you know, how we should deal with people's later years, because there are a lot of issues. And the, the, I suppose the scenario in the book is that the reason that has happened, that this law has come in, is that there's been a collapse in the care system. There's been a lot of multiple sort of economic crises, and some of which arguably we're already seeing now. Uh, and also there's been intergenerational conflict, uh, you know, between younger people who maybe feel that their rights um, and their opportunities have been restricted because of, you know, money that's been spent on looking after older people in the pandemic, etc. And also, I suppose the other bit that's the background to the scenario of the book is the idea that, 
you know, 20 years from now, we may may well, I hope we have, but we might well not have really made any progress in terms of dealing with things like dementia, you know, and things that are increasingly affecting people in older age. So, yeah, that's the scenario of the book. And I, I stress I'm not, I'm not sitting here advocating. No, but it's a meaty subject, isn't it, to kind of to yeah, get in and, there as, the, as a centre point. And then just tell us a bit about some of the characters we'll meet then. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there, there, there are sort of three main groups of people in the book, really. One is that um, it's important to say that in the scenario of this book, this law has come in with, you know, as a result of an election where it's been part of, a, uh, uh, of somebody's manifesto. So it's, it's not sort of been imposed. It, it's come in. Um, and there are groups of people in the book. And one of the key characters is, you know, somebody whose grandmother is 89 and therefore is sort of imminently facing euthanasia. Uh, and there are groups of people in the book who accept this law and plan for it. And there's a whole sort of industry now associated with how people celebrate their death day or mark their death day. Um, so there are people who agree with it. Um, there are people who try and evade it, including by escaping to Scotland, which in the book has become independent um, and doesn't have such a law. Uh, and then there's the politicians. Um, and one of the other key characters is the prime minister of the day um, who wants to try and maintain the status quo. So, you know, the setting is that that this law has already come in, you know, prior to the, the setting of the book, um, and that you've got people who comply with it and sort of try and make the best of the last months, weeks of people's lives, and then you've got other people who are trying to evade it, and you've got a whole political thing going on about, you know, the arguments for and against the law and whether it should be changed. So, you know, spoiler alert, without giving too much away, that's, that's <laughs> and, and what it's some, about. Yeah. There's obviously then, are there some recognisable... Characters? I, 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 don't, I don't mean as yeah, in... I mean, it's one of, one of, yes, the, the, I mean, the, it's, a, it's a work of fiction, sure. Um, but, but um, uh, and, you know, the, the key characters in it, the, the Prime Minister and the, the sort of two key characters that are sort of either side of the, of the debate, if you like, are all, are all made-up characters. But obviously it does weave in. What I've had to do is try and, um, you know, come up with some ideas about things that might well have happened between now and then, including the idea that Scotland might have become independent. Maybe that's a bit less likely now. But, um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've also sort of postulated what's happened in terms of the royal family and who's on the throne by then. Um, so, yes, it does sort of weave in real events uh, and some sort of identifiable people. But, you know, it is absolutely a work of fiction. And it's set all around the country. Uh, there are quite a lot of local references. I mean, the old principle, I suppose, of it's always best to write about what you know about. So areas around here do feature. The Royal Hall in Harrogate features, the Army Foundation College, Brimham Rocks. But there are also other bits of the story are set in different parts of the country, including, of course, in London, because the political action is sort of around Westminster and Whitehall. But, yeah, that's broadly what it's about. This is the Your Harrogate podcast. So let's talk a bit about the the process, because mm. we all like to think we've got a book in us. But actually, I mean, it's a huge amount of effort, I would imagine. It's a huge amount of work and, and discipline to actually sit and write a book. Yeah. I mean, it, it, one thing I found interesting, having, as, as I mentioned, I've written three non-fiction books over, sort of over the last decade. And, and I suppose I perhaps slightly naively had the idea that writing fiction <laughs> would be easier in the sense you don't have to go away and research and check lots of actual facts. But of course, what you have to do is you have to create a credible world within the, 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 the work of fiction that you're, you're writing. So you have to check all your own facts, if you like. And obviously, in the thing that I've written, as, as I've mentioned, there's reference to sort of real historical events as well. So there is quite a lot of checking. So, yeah, it's been quite a long process. I think I started this 
just over four years ago. I suppose it's worth sort of explaining why I wanted to write about this. And it, it really came out of two things. One was, you know, witnessing the end of life experience of some close family members. And I don't want to go into detail and name names, as it were, but I, I sort of witnessed that, you know, and my, my experience is not unique. Um, many people have had this experience of witnessing, you know, a very close relative who pretty much lived a healthy life to an old age and then just dropped dead. But I've also witnessed, uh, you know, a close relative who had a long, lingering, very sad last few years. And what I've been fascinated by, you know, the, the, not, not so much people's different circumstances as they approach the end of life, but their different attitudes to it. So that was one sort of reason for wanting to write about it. But the other thing was I volunteer with Harrogate Food Angels, which you may well have heard of, which mm. is, a, is essentially a sort of meals on wheels and befriending service in the Harrogate district. Doing that for about six years or so. And I, I've met, you know, hundreds of people, you know, most of them sort of, not all, most of them in their 80s or even older. And, and I've, you know, just meeting those people and seeing how their circumstances are very different. But sometimes you see somebody whose circumstances at face value, you think, look, oh, they seem to have quite a nice place to live and they don't seem to be that short of money or whatever. But nevertheless, they're terribly sad and miserable about being old. You see other people who think, oh, that looks a bit tough. I'm not sure I could, you know, handle that set of circumstances and those health issues that somebody's got. But they seem to be the most cheerful people in the world. So I, I suppose that it was those sort of experiences, family experiences and experiences of meeting people through volunteering that made me think about all this a lot and that's sort of what led to it. And it actually a very serious topic that probably that probably when there's so many other things going on and, and actually a small number of things which, which seem to take up a lot of airtime. I suppose it's actually it's quite fun, if fun is the right word, to allow a debate in fiction to, to go a bit further than actually we're used to seeing in public. Yeah, I think that's, 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 that's a good point. I mean, one thing I would say about the book, that you, you, you write a book and you call it Death Day, and you might think that's pretty miserable. And so, I don't believe the book is miserable. It's sad in parts, but it, actually there are some, I, I think, messages of hope in it. Um, so it's not sort of all grim and uh, and, and dreadful. I handed a, a copy of it to my mum, who is 89, <laughs> last week. <laughs> she said, do you think I should be reading it? Um, and I said, yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's a, uh, so it's not, it's, not, it's not all grim and, and miserable, I, I do assure people. But, um, but I think it's an important point that you make, that I think sometimes, you know, difficult, con and, you know, the issue about how we deal with the latter stages of life, both individually how we deal with it and how we deal with it as a society is definitely, you know, in very many manifestations, a big, big issue. It's a political issue, it's a social issue, et cetera, et cetera. And I think sometimes, you know, fiction is a, is a different way of contributing to that sort of debate. Uh, and that, that's, I suppose, what I hope in a small way that this book might do and make people think about, and I suppose in essence, part of it is the debate about length of life versus quality of life, which I think is something, you know, everybody thinks about, don't they? Particularly as they get older themselves or as they witness members of their family getting older. We all want a long life, but I mean, probably more than that, we all want to have a healthy as life as possible. 
One other question I really wanted to ask you, Colin, have you got people in your family or friends who are sort of, you know, if, if you need a, a name for a character or you just want them to kind of, you know, just read a couple of paragraphs, have you got people that you kind of lean on for, you know, a bit of bit of feedback and a few ideas and things oh, during this process? Absolutely. And I mean, I think this, this, this book probably went through, it's difficult really to remember exactly, about sort of four major iterations. Now, some people would say that's not very many. You hear about people who've written, you know, very successful novels who say that they sort of basically wrote about 30 versions <laughs> before it was published. So I, I think one was, was about four or five. But at each stage, it did include asking people I would describe as critical friends to, to, to read it. And I had some really useful feedback from people who I know would be honest with me about what they thought about it. And I made some quite significant revisions. And actually, I did also have some input from a creative writing mentor from a university not far from here which was really helpful as well so yeah it's not you know it's it's had quite a bit of and obviously the publishers when they decided to they wanted to do it you know there's been a bit of a process with them of of making some edits as well so yeah no it's had it's had quite a bit of um other input into it uh, which is definitely certainly from my perspective i hope um, improved it yeah I think you make a very good point. We all we all need a critical friend, don't we? To be honest, we <laughs> yeah, all absolutely. we all need a critical friend. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for sharing all of that with us. And uh, just just tell us the details of of when the book is out and how people can get hold of it. It's called Death Day. It's published by Fisher King, who are actually um, a, a local publisher. They're based in Firth. It's a coincidence, actually, that, that that's how it ended up, who it ended up publishing it. But, but it's great. The publication is, date is the end of April, the 23rd of April, I think. Uh, but it is available to pre-order now. If people Google um, Colin Philpot Death Day, um, it will take you um, either to my own website or, in some cases, directly to uh, Amazon brackets other booksellers are available um, uh, where people can pre-order it now and it will be available at the end of April. You'll have a gate.